high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking Catholic. This is Marianela Nunez, and with me today, Mike Walsh. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. It is, uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the wonderful season of Advent, which means if you're a, a, a Catholic communicator like myself, you are going insane trying to keep up with all of the Catholic news going on all around us. So it's, uh, it's a very full time. It's been a very full day. I'm working from home today because I was having some things done on the house. So this happens to be a Zoom call today, but it gave us the uh, ability to bring in some guests that uh, might not have been able to travel up to our recording studio to have a conversation with us today. So we're able to bring in some uh, a wider reach, but it's, uh, it's a good day today. Now, Mariella, how is your advent going so far? It's going well. I have uh, to say I haven't been doing as much shopping as I would have liked by this point. So <laughs> <laughs> I am focusing a lot of like more on praying and like helping my church this year. So that's kind of like taking a lot of my time. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because I'm in the same boat. I, I believe I have bought exactly one gift uh, so far. But, yeah, we still have plenty of days left. Uh, oh, yeah. However... <laughs> the flip side is I've actually been doing a pretty good job of keeping the spirituality a little bit more to the forefront. And I have to give our parishes a lot of credit for that. Uh, you can tell life is getting back to normal because there are a, a ton of parish retreats going on around the diocese. So many, as a matter of fact, that this year we decided, whereas last year we did a number of diocesan virtual retreats, this year we really cut it back to nothing because we want to. We really want to put that emphasis back on the parishes and people coming back to community and coming together. Um, so it's been wonderful to see everything going on. It's genuinely making me very, very happy. That's that's amazing. It's kind of like you know people used to take it for granted. Now everybody wants to go in because they know yes. not to have it. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. The parish, uh, the parish missions that I've seen so far, Advent missions that I've seen so far have all been spectacularly attended. Um, now, we're going to have a priest on pretty soon, and, and I can't guarantee that his parish is doing anything good, but I know that so many other of the parishes uh, are doing a fantastic job, but I'm sure he's doing a great job, too. Um, speaking of your prayer life uh, in terms of the Advent season, do you have any Advent rituals uh, in your household that you make sure to do before the, the Christmas season is upon us? So we are like we started the uh, Advent wreath in uh, my house, and uh, it's been wonderful because I has I have a four year old and a six year old, and they enjoy it so much. And I do it along with the uh, an Advent calendar. So it is uh, such a beautiful tradition, and kind of like we we pray every day with the kids, and they uh, you know are asking uh, baby Jesus to send Santa Claus because that's what I tell them is that. <laughs> Uh, baby Jesus is making sure that he sent Santa Claus if they're good, because <laughs> I try to make that connection. <laughs> that is a great idea. Who cares about that elf on the shelf? Make Jesus do the hard labor. I, I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to remember yes. that. As I, a get Latina, I don't really know much about it, Mike. I don't I didn't know much about the elf on the shelf until I came to the U.S., and um, it's kind of like a new thing for us. So for us, it was all about the baby Jesus. Actually, um, when I grew up, Nobody would tell us that it was Santa Claus that brought us the gift. It was baby Jesus. So wow. The kids talked about. I love that. That's fantastic. 
The, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, this is going to be a, a schools oriented podcast today. Um, and cause we've had, a, we have a couple of educators from around the diocese who are going to talk to us about, you know, the spirituality of our high schools and how they embrace the Advent season and the Christmas season in their schools. Um, but I will say that I was at one of our, uh, high schools recently. And as I was walking through the lobby, they had their manger scene set up. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. This is so great. And I was walking with the president of the school and I look at the manger and I go, but there's a mistake. And he looks at the manger and he's like, what's the matter? What's the mistake? I said, baby Jesus is not here yet. You need to get the baby <laughs> Jesus out of that manger. You could put her, you could put him back in, you know, when you come back from school or maybe get away with it on the last day of school. But that baby Jesus is not supposed to be there yet. And those kings are supposed to be way over there on the other side of the lobby. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I found a donkey. Believe it or not, I went to a school the other day. St. Mary's in East Island had like a um, big donkey. It was beautiful. And um, I got to understand that it was kind of like a, an Italian thing to have a donkey mm-hmm. nicely decorated. Such a beautiful piece of art. I was like, Steve, this is kind of like a museum piece. And he was explaining me about the culture and they bring it out during Christmas. And it's kind of like a welcoming piece for the school. That is, you know, I don't see a lot of people do the Christmas donkey anymore because it is, it's a very Italian tradition um, that's kind of fallen to the wayside as, you know, generation after generation has been here. But that is, yeah, that's, that goes back these decades for me, the first time I saw the Christmas donkey. Uh, and it was always in like the, the, the center of uh, our South Jersey area, the Vineland, Millville, and heavily Italian area, Hamilton, heavily Italian areas that you'd see the Christmas donkey. But anyway, but that's us for right now. But we have a very good podcast today with uh, two great educators from the Diocese of Camden in particular and our high schools. And Marianella, who's with us today? So uh, we give a warm welcome to Father Josh Nevitt from Holy Spirit High School as the Director of Catholic Identity. Welcome to the show, Father Josh. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, and also, we uh, have the pleasure of sharing the podcast with Jen LaRosa from Camden Catholic High School, the Director of Catholic Identity there as well. Welcome, Jen. Hi, it's nice to be here. And, and I will say right now that neither of those high schools were the high schools I walked through and I saw the baby Jesus sitting in the lobby. But it did get me, it did get me wondering. I was just about to ask, Jen, is the baby, has the baby Jesus come to your manger yet? Nope, the baby Jesus is not there. But when we did decorate the school, you know, a few weeks ago, <clears throat> originally, you know, because the students all decorated the whole campus for, for the holiday and for Advent. Um, and I was like, no baby Jesus. <laughs> so he's, a, he's in the sacristy right now waiting to make an appearance. Is he waiting? Yes. Oh, uh, that's what I like to hear. I love and, it. And- you know. Go ahead. Mike, I was going to say, like, you know, the other day, like my daughter saw that there was the baby Jesus missing from the scene. And she's like, where's baby Jesus? Mom? I'm like, he's not born yet. We have to wait. <laughs> it's like it disappeared. It's not there. <laughs> That's right. And Father Josh, I'm assuming no baby Jesus at the Holy Spirit High School yet. <laughs> we just have an Advent wreath right now. Even better. Yeah, better. <laughs> Mary hasn't even gotten to the manger yet, so let's. That's Oof. fine. Still walking. <laughs> Very nice. Riding a donkey. Still, that's right. Still want, want, riding the Italian donkey to the, the manger scene, of course. The uh, well, thank you both for if you're joining us today. We really appreciate that you're uh, each calling. One of us is calling from school, and the other from the rectory. So we certainly appreciate that as well. Um, that's the one upside of Zoom is we're able to bring everybody in from a distance. So we really do appreciate that, and the fact that you gave us your time. Jen is uh, calling in from school, so there's the possibility you may hear some school bells behind her. 
Uh, so, so don't, don't worry about that, but she's going to stick with us the whole time. Uh, so I guess the first question, uh, maybe to Father Josh, is you're both uh, directors of Catholic Identity. What is a director of Catholic Identity? What do you do? You do everything. Uh, <laughs> <so> at, least, <laughs> at, least, at least in my case, as the director of Catholic Identity and as a priest, um, Bishop Sullivan has described this role as being like the pastor of a parish. So I'm, I'm responsible for the sacramental life of the high school, uh, the school masses, confessions um, for our retreat program, especially our Pyrus retreats. On top of that, I'm there as, as the chaplain for the school. Um, I'm available to talk to kids, to journey with them. Um, and then I teach just for fun two classes of sophomore religion. So I do a little bit of everything. That is a, that you are a uh, raconteur in that regard. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Now, Jen, as a, as a lay person, what's it like for you as the director? of uh, So, uh, you know, I would say more campus ministry for me. Um, a lot of the same things that Father Josh uh, does. Definitely, um, I'm in charge of all the retreats, all of the service for the students, um, you know, arranging all the liturgies and reconciliation and adoration, you know, putting those together uh, with uh, obviously Father Joe Capella, uh, who is our rector here. Um, so I'm, um, you know, a direct support to him um, and, you know, definitely journeying with the students, um, teenagers, you know, there's a lot going on in a teenager's Hi. mind. So my office is probably one of the busiest with, you know, especially this week because service hours are due tomorrow and I'm the most wanted lady on campus. So <laughs> everybody wants to, to see me. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of everything. I too help Father Joe teach the um, senior level Christian ministry class. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice because you have your hands in everything. You really have like the full facet of the school where you can be a part of everything. And every student here is yours. Um, and that's how I look at it. So all of our kids here, um, in one way or another, uh, you know, I connect with um, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and you have a unique uh, experience at Camden Catholic. Certainly, uh, your your current rector was the previous uh, Catholic Identity Director for the the school. So you're following in good footsteps. You know, uh, Father Joseph Capella is somebody we've had on the podcast before, and. One of my favorite priests in the diocese as well. I know he's done great work in his time at Camden Catholic and everywhere he's been, quite frankly. So you have, uh, I think I would like yeah. to say you have, a, you have a saint in waiting in that uh, that school. Uh, he he is. I mean, he's been out for a little bit, um, but thankfully on the mend. Um, but he he's just unbelievable. Like oh, yeah. his present, his his daily presence and what he's done for the school and um, for the staff. And, and for the children, I mean, the kids just adore him. You'll never see him without students, you know, in his presence. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, always gives them his undivided attention. So we are so blessed uh, to have him leading the school. Um, it has been, it's been one, and he's a great mentor for me. So he's, you know, we get along well. So it's, um, it's been great. You have a great mentor. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You know, so one of the things we want to talk about, we certainly want to get into the Advent Christmas soon, but um, let's, you talked about what your roles are 
uh, as as uh, Catholic Identity Directors. I'm curious, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the spirituality of our schools being one of the hallmarks, you know, a, a tent post of what it is to go to a Catholic school, in addition to the great education and wonderful sports and the, the family uh, feel that you get at a Catholic school. But Fa- Father Josh, I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about that spirituality and, and why it's so important to be able to provide that kind of a nurturing atmosphere, spiritual atmosphere uh, to, a, to a young person in grade school or high school? You know, it's, it's important because it's part of who we are as humans, right? Every human has a spiritual side to us. God made us that way. We have a soul. Um, and so if we're about forming a person uh, not just educating, not just teaching, not just bestowing information and making them memorize it for a test. But we're about bringing out the best of, of young people. The spiritual side has to be part of that. Um, uh, I find it interesting, uh, Holy Spirit, not all of our students are Catholic. Not all of our students are believers. Uh, even among those who are Catholic, not all of them practice, but they all have a spiritual side to them. Uh, it's there. It's, it's present there. And so in a unique way, our Catholic schools are able to touch that. We're able to form the whole person, uh, not just mind and body, but, but spirit as well. How about you, Jen, from what's your perspective on what the, the, the spiritual life of our schools look like? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the same things, you know, we look at, we, we talk a lot, Father Joe's big, um, you know, his big phrase here is we operate on the two G's. We operate on God and grades, um, God being number one. And, and he drills that into the kids from the get-go and they buy into it, you know, because I think because, you know, you lead them that way. And we also have a very um, unique population of kids, you know, some, many that are not Catholic, you know, and from the very beginning, we tell them they're welcome and we learn from them just as we're teaching them about the Catholic tradition. Um, We also, you know, make it a priority to learn about their faith too, which makes them feel, you know, so included and comfortable from the very beginning. Um, so it's, it's very important, I think, especially for teen, teenagers today, you know, their spiritual formation, they have so much going on in the world. And, um, you know, your spirituality and your faith is something that you hold on to, um, especially in times of, you know, difficulty and in trying times, you know, that's something that is like your rock. And um, so we, you know, we incorporate it into everything, everything. You you know, that's great to hear because I know Camden Catholic in particular happens to have, I believe, perhaps the most diverse uh, student body in the diocese. Um, But every time I've been there, it really does feel like a family unit. Um, My son is in eighth grade now, and he's been looking at all the different high schools and trying to decide where he's going to go. He did his, one of his, um, uh, one of his tours was a Camden Catholic, I'm happy to say, and he was very impressed with it. He particularly liked the uniforms. He's a big fan of green uniforms, I found out. (laughs) That was nice to hear. <laughs> it's a good but, color. Uh, it is a good, good color. It is a great color. The, um, but, you know, it was great to be there. The kids couldn't have been kinder and nicer, more welcoming. And I can't say that I've always had that feeling at the times that I've gone into um, public high schools. Uh, I can't say that it was always a family feeling. It felt more like, uh, you know, you were grinding it out to get through the day, not necessarily uh, a welcoming experience. Um 
but something, Father Josh, something that you said kind of struck me, which was the spirituality of the students, despite their faith, possibly. I mean, I know mm-hmm. at all the high schools, we I think we have faiths, all the major faiths repre- uh, represented. Uh, we have, I know we have Muslims in some of our schools, we have Jews in some of our schools. As you said, we have atheists and agnostics in the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great that, that that essence of spirituality, because I've always had the same feeling. I even have colleagues in that, are, that work for the diocese who are not necessarily of the Catholic faith, but they are the most, some of the most spiritual beings I have ever met, even yeah. though they don't pronounce a particular faith. And it's great that, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, it could sound it could sound almost bad if I say it wrong. Uh, that there is that simply being amongst the spiritual happens to to bestow that spirituality on somebody. You know, yeah. Do you agree with that, Father Josh? For sure. Yeah, for sure. And why? Because it's it's how every human is, right? We're all made with the spirit. So yeah. just being around that and and being open to it uh, is going to bring it out. I was wondering, like, uh, for Father uh, Josh and, and, and Jen, like, how, um, what are the experiences as, like, directors of uh, Catholic identity that have uh, kind of, like, met the most for you as you're working with these youth uh, in the schools and seeing kind of, like, their progress in their spirituality and their, in their lives? Um, I, 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 Kairos, we just came off of a Kairos retreat and, um, I, I, every time I go, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very emotional experience for the kids and for the adults. I think we should have adult Kairos. Um, it is something that really, I just a beautiful retreat. And it's so beautiful to be able to journey with these kids on it, um, and to see their reaction and, you know, and how, their faith just in those, you know, three or four days, um, how they change. Um, and so I, I, I love that about the retreats that we offer. Um, and we offer a wide range of retreats here at Camden Catholic. So, um, but in particular, the Kairos is definitely one of my favorite, um, to attend, you know, with the kids. I think, when you do it with them, when the faculty go with them, it's it's nice. It's a bonding experience for um, all of us to get to know the kids at a different level, not just in the classroom. Can you describe it a little bit for the listeners? What is a Kairos retreat? So that so a Kairos retreat is a spiritual journey, you know, where you connect with God, yourself, others, um, and you know, a discovery of who am I and who am I on this journey and um, where's God on that journey? And, you know, and how can I live out what he, he asks of us um, and be an example to others. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a four day progression that leads, you know, starts with who am I and leads up to, you know, you going out there and, and being that example of Christ to, to other people and, and to your peers, um, it's inspiring to hear about it. It's, you know, the, the students want to do it because they've heard, oh my gosh, how wonderful the Kairos retreat was. Uh, we've had to make adjustments due to COVID, uh, of course, but um, even with the adjustments, the impact is so great. Jen, did you happen to go to the Blessed Carlo Cutis Kairos Center or did you do your Kairos elsewhere? We did our Kairos right here at our Nazareth house. Okay. which is right behind the school, um, only because of some of the COVID protocols that we were 
had to follow. Um, so we were, we were here. Okay. And that is great that your campus is able to, that, that, uh, Nazareth house is a great uh, extension of your campus. It usually houses your international students, right? It does, but, but it's empty right now. And, um, you know, it's a great use of space. In fact, we had with us on our reach this past retreat, we had some students from Gloucester Catholic, uh, because they have been trying to get their own Kairos up and running. So they asked if they could attend with us and they did. And that's really built a really um, neat relationship too with, you know, the kids now and, and even the adults, you know, the, the teachers calling here and you want to do March for life together. And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, I love that. So it's, uh, that's great. it really, you know, you put aside, like, you know, it, it shows to the kids, like, you know, we might, we all go to different schools and we may compete on the athletic fields and on the basketball court, but you know, the end of the day, we're just humans. We're just people, you know, and you look at each other and we're, we're just the same, you know, yeah. we're just, um, that's, that's great to hear. I, and loving. Yeah. As an alum of myself, as an alum of Gloucester Catholic, I love when schools uh, come together, particularly my beloved Gloucester Catholic. Now, Father yeah. Josh, the, the blessed Carlos Acutis, uh, Cairo center is on your campus, correct? It is, in fact. It was the similar to the Nazareth House, which once housed the sisters who taught at Camden Catholic. Um, the Carlo Cudi Center was the convent for the sisters that started Holy Spirit. And it's now uh, a dedicated youth center uh, in the diocese running Kairos retreats and, and other retreats that our high schools and, and college campus ministry uh, and the Newman Clubs use. Um, so it's great to look out some of the windows in the school and then see people there and, and know what's going on and be able to say a little prayer for the experiences that, that other schools are having. Was there anything you wanted to add to what Jen was saying about the Kairos retreats? And cause I, I had never experienced one as an adult and they certainly weren't around when I was in high school. So I, I can't say that I have much personal experience with them. Well, Mike, you can come and chaperone any of Holy Spirit's <laughs> Nope. Any well time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Jen, you, I, Jen described it perfectly. Uh, I was thinking it's, it's hard to describe Kairos when someone asks about it in, in part because each Kairos is a unique experience. Um, and in part too, because there's a lot of stuff that happens on Kairos that we don't tell people what happens on Kairos until it happens. Oh. And, and that's, uh, let the students experience it without expectations. Um, so when, when, when students come and they ask what's it about or what, what you do or parents ask, you kind of have to give these cryptic answers that are truthful while not revealing <laughs> everything uh, to, to make that experience. <laughs> that's, you know, so, that's so true, too. Yep. They want to know everything. You know, the, this generation wants to know what they're going to do next and what they're going to do next. And um, and it's a good a good way to teach them a little patience and you know, and relax and just let it, let it happen is what I tell you. And they're appreciative of that, of that after. Oh, they are. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you didn't tell me what was going on. (laughs) Father, it is that also like one of your favorite things of like working with the youth, like what, like back to the question of, um, you know, your favorite experiences working with the youth that, you know, direct as director of Catholic identity. It is. Um, Kairos is, is probably the high point of, of anything that I do. Um, I did Kairos in high school. I had the, the opportunity to do a couple of them. Um, 
And, and the bonds form there that, that I made still exists. Last month, I baptized the baby of one of the, the small group leaders when I was a student on Kairos. Um, so, so you see how, how that lasts. Actually, she said to me that we need adult Kairoses, like, like Jen, you just said. Um, <laughs> Mike wants one too, like he just said it. <laughs> it, it is funny. I have heard that repeatedly, and I've said it myself. I, I'm constantly being badgered by my colleagues telling me that I desperately need to go on a retreat at some point. <laughs> I think it's because they want me out of the office, but uh, they might also be worried about my spiritual health. Um, and what I've said is I actually haven't found anything that like the few things that I see in the area, nothing's really spoken to me with a few retreat areas in the area, but you know, that not, it might not be my thing. So I'm always open to, to that. So if, if you mm-hmm. father, Josh or Jen, if you hear of an adult Kairos, <laughs> we might be on, we might be on to something here. <laughs> I might have a funeral that night. Um, the, uh, <laughs> oh, good. It's a four night Kairos. You know, getting back to, to life in the schools, um, one of the things, and I think Jen, you kind of alluded to this earlier was that, you know, the, there's, there can be a lot of stressors in school. And, and we know that when it comes to young people, particularly kids in high school, there's a lot of drama, there is a lot, and I don't mean on the theater, I mean, you know, dramatics in their life. There's a lot of stress. They're dealing with all their physical changes, the burgeoning relationships and, and stuff like that. Have you found yourself uh, in the role of counselor from time to time, trying to help people through moments of drama? I, I definitely, um, and I don't know if it's, you know, because I am a mom too. Um, so I think, um, and I have kids in the school, so the kids are, but yeah, I definitely see it. In fact, you know, that just this past week on Monday morning, I had my ministry class first period and we got into the classroom and, you know, I could tell everybody was just wound up. I was like, you know what, let's go. We're going, we went, we went down to the chapel and we did a little Advent uh, meditation with some music and, you know, a guided meditation and, you know, and I, and then afterwards I just said to them, you know, just relax, you know, you just need to take a deep breath. Um, and I think that you almost have to force them to do that um, from, and, and to remind them that, you know, it's wherever you are right now, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Just um, don't be anybody else, but yourself, you know, you know, the, you just hear all different things. And so it's a lot of reassurance and and reminding them that, you know, they're perfect just the way God made them. And, um, you know, and I think I I don't remember, I went to Camden Catholic, but I don't remember this, like having this much stress. And maybe we did at that time, it was eons ago, but um, I do think they're pulled in so many different directions. And I think the teens today put a lot of pressure on themselves to excel, you know, and especially seniors right now with colleges and and everything. So I, you know, I, I try to just be there. Um, sometimes we just sit in the chapel and we don't even have to speak. We just sit and, you know, and that's common for them. Um, because of course I'm not a counselor and I, I would never step, you know, into that role. Um, but it's more to just let them know that they have people here to support them and, um, and reassure them and just keep them calm. That's good to hear. How about you, Father Josh? Uh, I have to imagine. I, when I was in high school, I did have a number of priests, but 
it was weird. We, at least in my, to my recollection, we had a very small chapel and was very rarely utilized. And, and I, the only time I saw a priest were in religion classes and then kind of never again. Um, but you've sort of been an ever present member of the uh, faculty there at Holy Spirit High School and therefore pulled in a thousand different directions. Cause I see your face on social media all over the place. People, the, the kids and the school seem to like to highlight you. Um, yeah. At, you know, in your role as a, as a priest on campus, have, have you found it to be beneficial in terms of, of offering guidance to the, to the students? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm lucky our, our chapel and my office is right next to the chapel. Um, it, they, it is right between two of the most frequented places in the school, which would be the nurse's office and the cafeteria. Oh, uh, there you go. Cafeteria for food, nurse's office for naps and to get out of tests. <laughs> so not because kids are sick or anything. They just, of they, there's, there's, <laughs> you know, places to lay down in there. Um, so, so I see the kids, I, I make it a point to stand outside my office during the change of classes to, to say hi to them, to learn their names. Um, and then that builds relationship. And I don't know if it's because I'm a younger priest. I don't know if it's just the way that, you know, the kids have, have come into it. I, it's also, you know, I, I have personally taught um, three quarters of our school. You know, they've, they've been in my class. So I've had them all as, as students. Um, all of that it helps to build the relationship. And then you get to know what's going on. And, and so, you know, there is that role of, of, I don't want to use the word counselor because like Jen said, we're not counselors. Um, but that role of, of listening ear, um, that's there. And, and, you know, the amount of tears that have been shed in my office by, by boys and girls, (laughs) like it's not just, you know, one, one set of students. It's, it's amazing, but it's also humbling that, that you sit back and you say, wow, they would, they would trust me with that. Um, they would trust me with, with that burden that they're carrying uh, for as large or as small as it might seem to any adult. Um, it seems big to them. And, and that's, that's important to them then. Uh, and then to help them come along, to help them see that, that God loves them uh, and that his love for them isn't going to change regardless of what may happen. Would you consider that this, look at you as like you know their spiritual directors like you know do they seek that even after they they graduate do they look up to you to uh kind of like continue to nurture their faith yeah um you know the the first class that i taught my first year they are freshmen in college now and so that was the class that i was able to build relationship with the most when i when i came to the school and and really you know you can't meet hundreds of kids at, at once. So it, it grew as, as time went on, but they, they get in touch with me still. They come back to it. They were all back over Thanksgiving break. And, and now some of them on their winter breaks and they, they stop by my office. They're coming in and I want to sit on the couch again, you know, or do you have any <laughs> snacks and they know where to look and everything. So they're they're Yeah. They're still there. They're still in touch. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've this is my third year at Camden Catholic. Um, I was someone somewhere else previously, um, but you know, immediately when I came here, I I felt at home with the students here. 
um, almost like I'd known them forever. Uh, in fact, in one of my Kairos talks, you know, I talk about that journey that led me back to Camden Catholic and that it was one of those things that it just felt so right to be here. Um, and, you know, we, I have an open door policy. You know, um, you have to never be too busy when you have a student knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else can wait. And that's my paperwork, all of that other. It's, you know, but when you have a student standing in your door and especially a student that, you know, obviously might be struggling with something or need a need an ear or somebody to listen, you drop everything. So, um, and I too have a stocked room filled with snacks and comfy chairs and, you know, just relaxing music and all kinds of things that can, you know, de-stress them pretty quickly. <laughs> and it's an incentive too, if they... If they know you have food, they, they, they will be, or you will be their best friend, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is really teaching me a lot because I actually keep my, I have the most uncomfortable chairs and no food in my office. And I'm, <laughs> I've never realized it's working to my advantage right now. All right. These people yeah. will know. All right. <laughs> I, 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 Mike, I, I learned what not to do. I don't mean to insult any of my students, but, but really students are not much different than pet dogs. Like if you have snacks <laughs> and you have like a, a toy for them to play with, they'll, they'll hang out in your office. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's true. Father Josh Nevitt at Holy Spirit High School. You can send all your emails there. <laughs> um, I, now, so I have a question. So let, we're, we're in the Advent season and the Christmas, coming up on the Christmas season. So Father Josh, I'm curious. Um, what is, what is going on from an Advent perspective at Holy Spirit High School? What are you sort of, what, what activities are going on to sort of, um, focus on this, this Advent times, uh, pre-Christmas time? Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things. Well, I, one, just, we, we made, we made it a point for our morning prayers at school to be Advent focused and, uh, some parishes get, they call them the little blue books and, and these little mm-hmm. books of, of Advent meditations that they put out for people to take. I swiped one from our parish and brought it in and left it next to the, the loudspeaker. Um, the, the, this, what are the PA system? That's what they yeah, call it. So our, our morning prayers every morning is a little reflection just on Advent. Um, we'll have confessions in a few weeks available to the students in a, in a special way for Advent We'll bring in a couple of outside priests so that, you know, a student can, can go to someone they don't know if that makes them more comfortable. We also incentivize it by doing it during class time. So they get out of class to go to confession. Um, teachers aren't always happy about it, but students go to confession. And, and you know, that's that's what's needed. Um, that's the God before grades. And then, you know, we, I, I've encouraged students in a special way to make sure that they attend mass during Advent. And, and we offer mass during the lunch periods, uh, a couple times a week that a student can come and they do, they do come to mass. They are there. And there have been a few students who have made it a point that during Advent, they would come to mass. Well, that's wonderful. I have to say both of you have, uh, excellent, um, uh, chapels in your high schools. I, I, our chapel was little more than a closet. I think when I mm-hmm. went to Gloucester, it's much better now, but it, when I went there, it was much, not much more than a closet. So I've been to both of them and they're, they're quite nice. Actually, I have to give a lot of credit to Camden Catholics. Uh, when we were in there for the tour, there was a warmth coming out of there that was really sweet. And Jack and I actually sat down and could just kind of like, just 
let it sort of over, you know, come over us for a little while while we're doing the tour. So uh, good job, Jen. That's, that's, that's <laughs> space. Uh, I'm curious, what is, what is Camden Catholic doing for um, uh, Advent? We're doing much of the same, you know, similar, similar uh, Advent prayers. We um, we're having reconciliation. We had actually reconciliation today and last Thursday, and then again, next Thursday. Um, so we're, we're, we're praying the rosary once a week. We do that on Wednesdays together. Um, and you know, the chapel is open. It's kind of at the center of the school, you know, kind of near the dining hall too. So kids have to pass by it. And we just had these beautiful glass doors. Um, so you can see everything inside of it, um, now, which really just makes it so beautiful. Um, so, you know, we're doing that. We're, we're doing a lot of service to others, um, it's kind of one of my favorite things to do is to take the kids out into the community and really be hands-on, um, especially with those in need. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, we cooked dinner two nights ago at Ronald McDonald house. We had a group oh, of wonderful. students and, uh, we do it monthly. Um, and I had a group of students with me and then we stay after and we do a craft with the kids and we just talk, talk to the families that are there and listen to their stories. That's really the most important part uh, for the students, you know, to, to, you know, that's just an education for them to, um, you know, listen to, you know, the suffering that is happening around them. So uh, we do, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of everything. That's great. That's wonderful to hear. You know, I, I'm curious, I, during the Advent season, particularly in the first couple of weeks of it, I make a point to hammer home, particularly on the podcast, but as I talk to folks in my travels around the diocese that, uh, you know, Advent is, you know, it's, it's Lenten really in its nature. And I think a lot of that is lost because of the Christmas season. We're out, you know, Christmas songs are on, we're happy. We're, or we're I don't know if we're happy, but we're trying to be happy. We're trying to be joyful, you know, you know, Santa's coming, all that kind of stuff. And, and I always remind people that this is actually when we're supposed to be, you know, this, these first two weeks, if you actually listen to the, to the, to the gospel readings and the, and the readings during the mass, they're kind of dark, actually. It's a lot about getting, getting right with God before you die. Um, I'm curious, Father Josh, you know, in your conversations during this time, I mean, are you able to get any traction with the high school kids? Because I don't think I ever realized that growing up as a young person, just how dark Advent is spiritually. <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe, that's, maybe that's a little harsh. In the way that's I'm too much, it. Mike. <laughs> Advent. Father's not too sorry for the listeners who are not seeing the scene. <laughs> Sometimes Father Josh goes, that's our director of communication? Okay. That's <laughs> why so I'm not on the pastoral ring, uh, ring Father Josh. Yeah, I mean, so... You know, those little blue book reflections, those are part of, you know, on the on the gospel of the day in part. So so it gets reflected on there. Um, I I always do with my students. So I, I'm able to hit the sophomores with this um, and then hopefully they remember this in the future. Um, but I have FaceTime with the, the sophomores every day. I don't have, you know, the audience of the whole school on a daily basis. That's about once a month when we have school masses, but I have, I have a, a sometimes captive audience of sophomores daily. Um, and I, I do go through what, what can we do for Advent? What does it mean to get ready for Christ's coming? Um, 
especially in the midst of everything else that's going on. And I think some of that is, is celebrating that Jesus has come, you know, 2000 years ago. So if you do have baby Jesus in your manger right now, don't feel bad because he was there 2000 years ago. Um, but also we're getting ready and it's, it is a chance to examine our lives. It's a chance to see what we're doing, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well and, and make commitments to do better. Um, you know, it's, it's similar to what the rest of the world might do at this time of year, the end of the year anyway, is take stock, make New Year's resolutions. We're doing that, but on a spiritual level. Yeah, I, I um, can think of my memories when um, I, I was in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, you know, during Christmas times, many times we would have our uh, families that lived in the U.S. come and visit. And... Uh, a lot of the preparation for the visitors was like, you know, making sure you clean up the house, like even more than what you normally do and have, uh, you know, nicer things for them to, to welcome them and, and, you know, have decorations. And I kind of like see this time as a very hopeful and exciting time because it's kind of like, it's a celebration and also kind of like a call for us to, be prepared for Christ and what is it in our lives that um, is not working in our spirituality to kind of like grow in those things and make them better. So um, maybe a different perspective than Mike in the darkness of gospel. No, it's the same uh, perspective. I'm just, uh, you know, darker about it. That's all. It's hard to so, say that to a high schooler. They think they're invincible. Well, um, see that maybe they need to hear it the most. And I, but I do remember those days. And my son, you know, he's 13 now. He's definitely invincible. Um, and I keep trying to tell him that's not the case. The, um, so, you know, Jen, I'm curious, you know, what brought you to this place you're at now? How did you become the, you know, Catholic minister at a high school? So I, um, most of my education and career was in healthcare. And then when I turned 40, I decided I wanted to change professions. So I told my husband, I wanted to go back and get my teaching degree. And I actually started, and so I did, and I started teaching preschool at um, John Paul II in Stratford. And at that time I had, um, my oldest son was a a freshman at Bishop Eustis and they had an opening for, um, director of Palatine ministry. So I applied and they gave me the job. And um, so I was there for a few years. And then, you know, three years ago, Camden Catholic had this opening for, uh, and it was a relatively new position. So I think they had like part-time people, but this was a full-time, I think they, they saw the need to have a full-time person fulfill this role with you know, somebody leading in, in Christian service and the retreats and keeping it organized and, you know, getting the kids involved. Um, so I applied and interviewed with Father Joe and, um, you know, and it's, I'm a fourth generation Camden Catholic graduate. So my mother went here and her, and her uncle, my uncle, who was a priest in the diocese, Monsignor Carr, graduated in 1960 something. And then his mother was the first graduating class. Oh, wow. So I don't know. For me, this was um, coming home and it was, um, you know, I don't know. It was just, it just felt right. And it, and it is right. 
So yeah, right here we hear your school bells going off in the background, which is uh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> but I I will ask Father Josh. Uh, did were you, I can't recall actually. Were you a were you a, a Catholic school grad or a public school grad? Catholic elementary school, public high school. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I would imagine that walking through the doors of Holy Spirit High School was a new experience for you as, a, as someone who hadn't spent his time in Catholic high school. And probably I would have to imagine, did you anticipate when you were ordained that one of the first places uh, the bishop was going to send you was as a uh, Catholic identity director at a high school down in the Jersey Shore? No, I flew. I was fully expecting um, full-time parish ministry. And uh, I guess three days after my ordination, I sat down with Bishop Sullivan and he said, he said, I have an interesting first assignment for you. And instantly my brain said, that means I have two jobs. Um, and, and he told me then the parish first. And I realized that the high school would come along with that. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting walking in uh, the first time, but I was excited for it. Um, I had been involved with youth ministry as a public high school student um, pretty extensively and, and as a seminarian, and then had been able to spend some time in Catholic elementary schools as a seminarian, um, especially while on pastorally. I was in the local elementary school once a week with their eighth graders. So it was something that I had enjoyed and I knew I would enjoy as soon as the bishop told me yeah. this assignment. Um, but it's been it's been a, a learning opportunity as well to really see where young people today are. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes there might be a misconception that, okay, these kids go to Catholic school, they are already faithful, they are already Catholic, they're already practicing their faith. And, and as we talked about, you know, at the beginning, um, our Catholic high schools are very diverse. And I think they, they're in a, a very accurate depiction of where the culture is and where the youth are in their culture. Um, so, you know, they're not they're not special kids, right? They're not, not in like, a bubble. I mean, they all are not all, the bubble, right? <laughs> they're all special in their own way, but they're not, they're not the super Catholic kids necessarily. They're here and, and very faithful ones. And, and, um, you know, really ones that, that even sometimes put my own faith to shame, uh, when I hear kids share their experiences, but there are ones that are questioning and there are ones that are influenced by the culture. And, and, you know, that's, that's what's been um, such fruitful ground because like, like I said, way at the beginning of, of this episode, um, everyone's looking for God in their own way um, and, and we're able to propose him to them. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of uh, thinking about it. I, I really am very happy with the, the, not that anybody cares what I think, but um, with how the two of you have been describing the... Well, I don't know about that, but uh, how they, um, how you've been, both been des describing, you know, the life inside the walls of a Catholic high school and just how caring the schools are to the unique nature of what the students are going through. I mean, both of your schools have had issues in the past with difficulties, um, you know, some semi-public of, of kids going through difficult times. And every time I've had meetings with any of the administrators, 
at the schools, it's always the same question. It's always the same answer. They want to do whatever's best for the student um, while maintaining the spiritual nature of the school. And, and those are not necessarily opposing forces. Those are very much, um, you know, it's a, it's, you know, our spiritual nature is to be helpful uh, to our students, particularly, particularly young people who tend to be going through great difficulty all the time because the world is an incredibly changing place and it's so much of it's public now. I often think back to my own high school days and thank goodness social media didn't exist because, you know, I'm not sure I would have had the mental capacity to deal with some of the stuff I read (laughs) that gets posted online. Uh, So it's a lot. So it's good to know that there are people in our schools who are we're being kind and generous and caring and, and looking out for things. I mean, just the fact, Father Josh, the fact that you stand outside your door as classes change just so people can recognize you and see you and then hopefully be inspired to come to you if, if they're in some sort of spiritual distress. Or let's face it, you know, I've been sort of focusing on the dark and the terrible. Uh, joy as well. You know, it's great that they are able to come to you. I mean, Father, I see Father Josh's face on all these happy little posts all the time. And it makes me happy that the, <laughs> that the school priest is being included in these things. And I, that, I love that. I think that's wonderful. You, I know you don't see the TikToks, do you? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> I, I am pro TikTok uh, for communications guys. So I have learned that uh, all social media p- platforms have their benefits and their, and their downsides. But, uh, but yeah, but, and Jen, the same for you, you know, we talked about Father Capello before and he's just such a, a, a great advocate for the Catholic faith. And it certainly sounds like you are doing a fantastic job of mm-hmm. making sure that that legacy that's that preceded you is really, um, you know, being maintained and if, if not elevated with you there. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. So I'm curious, you know, in your own lives, um, do you feel as though you are in the um, Christmas spirit yet or the pre-Christmas spirit yet? Or as most teachers, are you kind of pulling your hair out trying to figure out how you're going to make it to Christmas, <laughs> Christmas day? Yeah. I mean, it's busy right now and you know, I, I'm, I'll be in the, in the full Christmas spirit once, you know, all my kids are home from college and, you know, we're all under one roof and, um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, just, I just try to be happy each day, you know, try to keep it positive for not just the kids here at Camden Catholic, but my own kids too, you know, recognizing that it, it is a difficult world and, you know, that they're growing up in. So I just try to look for, always look for the bright, the bright side and, um, you know, just try to be peaceful and joyful each day. That's all you can do. That's wonderful. Today. And that's, a, that's a great attitude, Jen. Now, Father Josh, you do have to do double duty. Uh, so you're also the pastoral associate at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Absecon. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Seton and Absecon always trip me up. Yep. So I'm curious, how is parish life going? Uh, did you have a good, have you had any uh, uh, Advent uh, missions? We haven't had, no, no, you know what we did, um, but we, we did, it was something that was November through Advent and, and a group from the parish did a consecration to St. Joseph that concluded with the year of St. Joseph this week, uh, ending, ending yesterday. Um, so it was, it was kind of like a November into Advent uh, parish retreat. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, a good group of people that, that did that and, and went through that and some awesome guest speakers, uh, some sisters of St. Joseph, Father Joseph Wagenhofer, the diocese was here. So 
Yeah, that was it was a good experience. Nice. We're doing we're doing added confessions um, Wednesday nights. We're having confessions at the parish, and last night I heard confessions for about an hour fifteen minutes straight. Uh, oh, wow! It's cool to see people coming to that sacrament, uh, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm always happy to see because you, you I, I'm, and this goes back to my earlier many many earlier statements of you know people forgetting sometimes that what what Advent is there for in terms of the benefit it provides. Yeah, listen, folks, if you haven't been to confession for a while, you don't need to wait to Lent. You can go to confession, <laughs> and I, you can go to confession any time really but you know advent is a great time because there are so many parish missions and if your own parish isn't having one feel free to go to one of your neighboring parishes are more than likely to have one my own parish does not have an advent mission this year but the neighboring neighboring one did and my wife and son went over there uh, on a monday night i unfortunately was uh, tied up with diocesan work so i couldn't make it but um but they you know it was a great opportunity for them to like spend a little extra spiritual time and, and remember and and of course this week itself um we talked a little bit about this uh on last week's podcast but there are so many things in december that you can focus on you know we had the feast of the immaculate conception earlier this week and uh, at the end of this week um before this uh podcast goes out uh you, you have our lady of the feast of our lady of guadalupe uh festivities going all over the diocese and diocese around the country. So there are many opportunities out there to focus on your faith a little bit during the Advent season. You don't just have to focus on the Hallmark Christmas movies and <laughs> the Christmas songs playing on your car radio, which I had, which I tried listening to the other day and found, nope, too soon. Can't do it. Uh, <laughs> no, not too soon. Oh, too soon. I, <laughs> I love it. I'm happy that you guys are able to listen to it, but I, I like, I, it's like, no, I have to make it to mid December before I listen to Christmas songs. It's, it's, it's tough. It's I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Mike, um, just want to thank our, our guests, right. Uh, Father Josh and, and, and Jan for uh, being with us today. Because what a wonderful testament to our Catholic schools and what we do to keep uh, Jesus as the center of our schools and as the center of our lives. You're doing such an amazing job and we thank you for your roles and your dedication to Catholic education and what you're doing. Thank you for having us. Thanks. And uh, to our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in and we'll be back again next week. As a matter of fact, in one of our upcoming episodes, we're going to have a crossover episode with some, uh, some of our favorite fellow uh, podcasters in the state of New Jersey. So uh, look out for that. Could be as early as next week. We'll have to see. At any rate, thank you all for tuning in and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks. Thanks.